way, Natasha is a really good shot. What the hell did we need Clint for? <laughs> you know what? I can't argue with that. That's a really good point. Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Madams, assemble. So after last week's episode, I was very concerned that what if was a plane just hurtling to the ground? But thanks to the writing of AC Bradley, this show pulled out of the nosedive in the finale and gave us a great episode. Yeah, it was a great episode. And I must say, Chris was really concerned. What if the last episode of What If was bad? I was. Genuinely. I couldn't take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I knew, I mean, we were going to have an action-packed episode, which we did. And it had to be better. There was a lot going on, though, beyond the action. There were stakes here. I was feeling some stuff. Okay. That's good. Yeah, because that was really missing for me the last few episodes. Mm -hmm. Well, we finally got down to it with all the episodes coming together. Yeah, and I think, not that I'm going to rewatch it anytime soon, but I think this will be a different watch of this series in hindsight now. Yeah, true. I'm certainly going to be rewatching the first episode and the last episode. Oh, well, you know, I can't imagine why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do have a question since you've given me that opening. <laughs> I'll ask it now. How do you feel after seeing Captain Carter straddling Ultron's head? Let's just say I was feeling a bit drowsy and then I was very awake. <laughs> was it the cold shower that, that woke you up or something else? I plead the fifth. <laughs> you don't get the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm American for this episode. <laughs> Howdy. Oh, God. Please, I'm almost out of Texas. Don't. No. I ain't gonna stop. That was terrible. Oh, God. That was, that was frightening. <laughs> Legitimately. That's gonna give me nightmares. What if Amy is American? This podcast would not work. Correct. That is accurate. <laughs> And I do think this episode, and this is saying a lot, this was the most visually stunning episode of the series. No, I would disagree. I still think that the Doctor Strange one was absolutely gorgeous. This just felt so cinematic. There were a couple of shots here that I really would love to have on my wall. Yeah, I think in every episode this season, there have been some absolutely epic you know, wall painting like kind of scenes. Yeah, there was almost an ethereal quality to some of this episode that really intrigued me. Mm -hmm. And the other big thing I noticed, and this had AC Bradley's fingerprints all over it, women were really at the forefront of this episode. Yes, and particularly Captain Carter. Yes, yes, along with Natasha and Gamora too. Yes. But I think the biggest improvement was without a doubt, less, much less Ultron. Yeah, that was sorely needed. And it's a good thing that they kept him 
as the villain for the first half. Definitely. And I am also awarding this week's voice acting MVP once again to Mr. Hemsworth, who had me cracking up. (laughs) Yeah, he was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. So let's get into it, shall we? Mm hmm. I know you love this opening. Yes, I did. I did. And again, this was pretty much taken from Captain America Winter Soldier, except it's Captain Carter. Right. And I love that Peggy and Natasha are clearly friends, just like Steve and Natasha were. But we'll see in this episode, it's stronger. It's a stronger bond because they are both women. Yeah, they're both women in the same field and they know how things can be. I wouldn't be surprised if Natasha was sort of like Captain Carter's guide when she came to the modern era. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I'm with Peggy. Nobody wants to date Bernard in accounting. Yeah, I agree. Especially when Natasha's like right there. Yeah, that just had me picturing Andy Bernard and I was like, nope, nope, not happening. (laughs) So just like in Winter Soldier. We are dealing with pirates here on this ship. And look who just keeps coming back, Mr. St. Pierre. Yeah, it was nice to hear him. And it was good to have him back again in sort of like a rehash of what he's already done. Yeah, and knife in the heart, though, with Peggy. I'm a pretty good dancer, too. Yeah. I just know AC Bradley Melissa was like writing this. Ah, this is going to get him. This is going to get him. <laughs> you know, writers are pretty sadistic. They are. It's their job to mm-hmm. be sadistic. True. And it's while Peggy is giving him a royal beatdown is when uh, the uh, King Baby here shows up in his robes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, did Batroc see him or not? Good question. Because we've seen the Watcher now in like so many different forms. Yeah. And we know later on with Gamora, Tony was able to see him. But in this case, Batroc was confused. Quill was able to see him too, I think. Right. That's true. See, I forgot about him. But I mean, Batroc is kind of an idiot. So who knows? Yeah. Too many kicks to the head. We'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, so that was our callback to Winter Soldier, and now we get the callback to the Avengers with assembling our new team. Yes. Much condensed version, for sure. Yes. So in this episode, we are teaming up with Captain Carter, T'Challa, Gamora, which was a surprise, and we'll talk more about that, Killmonger, Mm -hmm. Thor, Supreme Strange, and then Black Widow will join up later on her own. Right. Pretty good team, I must say. An interesting one, for sure. Yeah. I was initially confused about why the Watcher brought Killmonger on. And then I understood why. Yes, indeed. Before we get to Killmonger, though, we have to make a stop off at Dairy Queen. Your favorite place. Yeah, so Ego is there, boosting his ego. Yeah. And Peter Quill is not having a good time. But no worries, T'Challa's there to save the day. Oh, as if you cared. No, I didn't. But if anyone did, no worries there. I could just hear you thinking, finally, he's being put to some use. Well, at least he can be used as a battery, you know. (laughs) 
Yeah, so T'Challa comes to the rescue, and the Watcher then comes for T'Challa, a.k.a. Star-Lord. Mm-hmm. The superior Star-Lord. Yeah. Yeah, according to the show, anyway. And then we move on to the interesting pairing of Tony and Gamora. Yeah, and Tony is in a very large sort of stomper-like suit. Yeah, and it sounds like he's got another real bad idea. Yeah. I, you know, last episode, we were wondering which episode probably got cut because the season had to be shortened. I think it was the Gamora episode. Yeah, I think you're right, because she kind of came out of nowhere here. Yeah, pretty much. And what was happening was kind of weird. Yeah, and the Watcher also refers to her as Destroyer of Thanos. And I was like, wait, what? When? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an episode that got skipped. Hopefully we get to see it in the next season. Yeah, I mean, it depends, because if it doesn't make sense anymore after this finale, then it's just going to have to sit on the cutting room floor forever. Probably. Maybe as an extra episode somewhere, maybe. Hopefully. Let's see. I really liked this pairing because I think it speaks volumes about Tony's character. The fact that Gamora was chosen over him. That was the right move. Okay, how so? Tony has a habit of making things worse. Yeah, and you can't forget that Ultron that is destroying all the universes is his idea in the first place. Exactly, and here he's talking about putting a suit of armor around the galaxy. Yeah. He could have destroyed it probably just fine on his own without Ultra. (laughs) Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah, and also, if he did go and work with the Guardians of the Multiverse, who knows what other crazy ideas you'd come up with after coming back. Yeah. And then, of course, we move on to our favorite party boy, Mr. Odinson. Yeah. He's playing (laughs) whack-a-mole. Pretty much. Yeah, it was fun. Hemsworth does such a great job with this scene. This was not easy. No, it wasn't. And I'm sure he must have had a sore throat after the screaming. Oh my God, I was dying. Tiny Thor in the Watcher's hand. (laughs) That was very reminiscent of uh, Ragnarok when he first meets Grandmaster. Uh Uh-huh. But in this case, he gets to keep his long hair. Yeah. Which is a shame. I mean, in the cartoon, it's fine. Yeah, I never cared for the long hair on Thor. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I think he looks much better in Ragnarok after Stan Lee's haircut. (laughs) His weed whacking. (laughs) He did a pretty good job. Yeah, easy enough to just pull off a wig. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the Watcher takes them back to Peggy and Steve's pub. Mm-hmm. Killing me. Yeah, and his picture is there. And the way we see Peggy's reflection next to his picture. Ah, oh, the fields. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody is assembled now. And the Watcher informs them, you guys are the guardians of the multiverse. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. And that's quite an upgrade. It definitely is. Yeah. Big responsibility. A tad. Yeah, just a tad. That some of them, possibly one of them, may not be ready for uh, or understand fully. No, I mean, he understood, just the others didn't, you know, so maybe explain it again. Right, 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 right. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And not for my benefit, of course. Of course not. Oh. And here we are, back to the Infinity Stones. Got to separate those stones from Ultron's body. Very, mm-hmm. very serious business here. But so is snacking. Yeah. You know, Chinese food is very important and it's good for the brain. Yeah. I mean, I get it. When I'm in an unfamiliar place, snack availability is always my primary concern. (laughs) I really wish I was kidding. (laughs) And, you know, whenever you're having a brainstorming session, food is necessary. I get that. I don't think Party Thor has ever had a brainstorming session in his life. But he's had his share of storms. <laughs> and Hemsworth just pulls this off so delightfully. He's the most lovable <laughs> douche. I'm not one to brag, but I'm told I excel at attracting unwanted attention. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he says it like it's, uh, it's a compliment. Yes. And you know, that kind of is the story of Chris Hemsworth's life, too. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of unwanted attention, I'm in the midst of a thunderstorm. So if you guys hear some rumbling, that's not special effects we're adding in because of Thor. There's a Thor variant in your neighborhood at the moment, actually. Who seems to be having a Thorgasm? <laughs> you wish. <laughs> so the idea is... That to defeat Ultron, they are going to use the Infinity Crusher. And I have a question here. Mm -hmm. Where the hell did Gamora pull this out of? Some things are better left unanswered. (laughs) It just appears. I'm like, what, was she hiding this in her blouse? She's not wearing a blouse. She's wearing like super duper armor. That's my point. She doesn't have a purse. This is a giant thing. We can't even make a cartoon gag of pulling something giant out of a tiny purse. It just appears. Maybe it's expandable and it contracts. Uh Uh-huh. Now, should we assume that she used this on Thanos? Possibly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because she was super confident about using it. Yeah, they're welcome to explain that along with re-explaining everything to Thor. Yeah, I don't think it would be wise to try to explain everything, you know. By then, the multiverse would be over. Yeah, I admit I was relating to Thor here. Uh, because he was basically me last week when I got my new phone. I just handed it to my husband. I don't know what to do. You take it. You do it. <laughs> so Supreme Strange brings them to a place that's not on Ultron's radar because there is not enough intelligent life present there. Mm-hmm. Now, and clearly one unintelligent life manages to bring his attention there. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling like there's still not enough intelligent light because Thor weighs down the scale so much. <laughs> but I really like what they did with Strange's character here. He is both literally and figuratively fighting monsters within him. Yes. So well done. It, yeah, it's been fantastically done. And his attitude has changed so much. Yes. This is more of the strange we know now. I'd say he's further along because of the amount of failure he's experienced. Yeah, he's he's more like the strange we've known thus far. Not this crackpot we're seeing in Spider-Man, whoever he may be. (laughs) 
that's a topic for another podcast, my dear. Yes, which will happen in the future when we cover Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes. And we've got some nice camaraderie going on here, too. Strange tells Peggy that in his universe, Steve Rogers got the serum and Captain America is still around. Yeah. And she was clearly intrigued by that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if I was Peggy, Mm -hmm. I'd be too distracted by this knowledge to be of any use in the rest of this fight. But thankfully, Peggy has a better handle on her hormones than you do. She does. Yes, that's correct. Most people Mm -hmm. do. (laughs) And, you know, Gamora is the one looking at Killmonger like, I'm not sure about this guy. Yeah, and her instincts are right. Yeah. Meanwhile, Thor trusts everyone. Yeah, he's such a lovable doofus. He is basically my golden retriever. There's nothing he won't shake on or do for a treat. (laughs) Yeah, and I think his priority at that point is to get back to Jane. That's it. Lady Jane. Mm -hmm. She doesn't need you, Thor. She's just fine. That doesn't mean he doesn't want to be with her. Uh. And we get this nice moment here with this toast where they feel like a real team. And I care about this team. Yeah. And Strange is giving a rather strange pep talk. Yeah. Well, words have never been his forte. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, T'Challa steps in. He does. Saves the day there. Yeah, yeah. But then Thor has to go and jump the shark. He does. But, you know, I mean, what's the point of waiting? They needed to get things done. Yeah. So as Ultron appears, Strange uses protection spells on everyone. And this is cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And what I really love here is that Peggy is clearly the leader of the group. Mm -hmm. Just like Steve would be if it were him instead. It makes no difference that she is a woman. Yeah, she clearly has the leadership skills and has been doing this for a long time. Yes. And Strange may be in in the background the whole time amplifying and manipulating everyone's powers, but he's taking his cues from Peggy, who is leading the charge in every way. Yeah, he's kind of like in a group of D&D, he's more like the guy who buffs everyone else up and does the healing, the protection, whereas the others are the ones who are fighting the big bad guy. And Thor is basically the barbarian who has an intelligence of two. Yeah, guys, Amy recently started playing D&D a lot, so you can expect a lot more D&D references on this show as, as time progresses. Yes. And if you don't play, please play. It's a lot of fun. And speak to me about it. I'm more than happy to chat about it. <laughs> she means it. Yeah. Please, please, people, talk to her. <laughs> And man, I didn't realize what he was saying because it happened quickly. I didn't realize till second watch that Thor's battle cry was Viva Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Ultron was also a bit surprised about that. That's an interesting war cry. (laughs) Yeah, that was amazing. And it just makes me want to see Chris Hemsworth like do a full Elvis impersonation. (laughs) I have no doubt he could get super into it. Yeah, that would actually be fun to watch. It would. Maybe we should contact AC Bradley and have her do what if Thor was super into Elvis. <laughs> I think, uh, now see the problem there I just realized is that Mr. Hemsworth's going to have to really work on that accent. 
<laughs> mm-hmm. And like I was saying with Strange, it's really cool how he's like supercharging and manipulating everybody else's power. So, so they keep the core of what's theirs, but it's a nice way to jazz up their powers. Yeah, and more so than anything else, he's trying to protect them so that they can do what they need to do. Yeah. And one of the ways he does that, it's rain and zombies. Yeah, that was surprising. Yeah, I did not expect a giant wormhole of zombies, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because by then I had forgotten about that episode. I was like, oh, we got everyone from each episode so far, but I completely forgot about the zombies. Right, and then, oh, zombie Wanda returns. Ooh, she is powerful. But not powerful enough. To take down Ultron. No. No. But <laughs> she did some damage. But, oh my god, her like womp womp face <laughs> cracked me up. <laughs> I wonder if she got confused when she saw the vision facade under underneath Ultron. Oh, maybe. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. It to me that face was, why did that work? That usually works. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of the two. So now we cross into what I'll call, what I'll just call the nuclear universe, where it is confirmed Natasha Romanoff is the only survivor on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And good thing she survives. Yes, I am willing to overlook that bit of nonsense for the sake of this episode as a whole. <laughs> How kind of you. Mm-hmm. And she accepts that there's some crazy multiverse shit going on and it's clear that in any universe natasha and peggy have a connection yeah and it kind of saves the day in this in this scenario oh absolutely and i absolutely love this struggle for the soul stone the visuals are great all of these slow motion moments are fantastic they're they use them in just the right way for just the right amount of time it's not overdone. Yeah. It's perfectly crafted. Yeah, it's fantastically done. And I noticed that when when T'Challa took the soul stone and he gives it to Peggy, like never underestimate uh, the sticky fingers. If you look at his his magical armor that he has around him, it kind of looks like the hand of a panther. He's got those claws. Hmm. I did not notice that. And again, here we get Supreme Strange harnessing these monsters inside of him Mm -hmm. to separate the stones. And I thought this was just such a great metaphor. He's using that pain, those demons inside of him for good in a constructive way. Yeah. It's a great message. True. And it's also that he's become so powerful that he's able to control all these monsters. Good point. They don't control him. Right. So the team is finally able to get Ultron tied down. And I got to tell you, those chains, just for a second, I got angry because they just made me think of Wonder Woman 84. Just for a second with that stupid lasso. (laughs) And then I was back. Oh, I didn't think of that. They use the Infinity Crusher on Ultron, but it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, they do have this big explosion. They think it may work. And then T'Challa says it doesn't feel like this is the end, which like, duh, we're only halfway through the episode. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like an episode of Law and Order. You just know, oh, nope, nope. We're only 22 minutes in, not the killer. Nope. Yeah, I actually did that. I moved my mouse to see how long is left in the episode when he said that. I was like, yep, you're right. Yep. Yeah, and Gamora realizes, well, this was made to disintegrate the stones on my world, not his world. The, st- mm-hmm. the stones are unique to our universe. Right. Just a little bit different, but they still work in the same way. Then Ultron tries to destroy Strange specifically, knowing that he's the key to defeating all of them. My God, all this Strange stuff, they're killing me. I, I can't possibly get any more excited than I am for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It's killing me. <laughs> Is it March yet? Yeah, but you're going to see him before that. Yeah, I know. I can't handle it. Both are killing me. (laughs) I am going to wear a hazmat suit to that theater, not because of COVID. I'm not worried about that. I don't want to hear anything. And I'm afraid headphones alone won't be enough. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Listeners, if you see someone in a hazmat suit wearing (laughs) noise-canceling headphones and just generally being very weird, come up and say hi. Just be careful, she might punch you. Okay, now, this takes us back to my question of how much of this can we say, it's a cartoon, and how much of all of this show is supposed to be plausible? Because we need to talk about this, this virus arrow for a minute. Okay, first off, the sequence with Natasha shooting that arrow. Oh my God. Yeah, was absolutely fantastic. And Peggy jumping to take the helmet off for the for the arrow to go into the eye was also absolutely fantastic holy shit that is one of those shots i'm like oh my god i'm, I'm printing this out for my wall right now this is absolutely incredible yeah marvel if you're listening we need some good high quality prints from this stuff yes and we when we say we we mean we mean we specifically if you'd like our mailing address let me know thanks bye so resident tech expert here explain this arrow business to me it makes absolutely no sense unless he has a usb plug behind his eye which why Uh uh-huh but it's cool so i don't give a shit it is cool and i was afraid that you were going to try and rationalize this as you did with the wi-fi and the nuclear apocalypse which i'm still not satisfied with so that made sense (laughs) but having that plugging in arrow in the first place is ridiculous and then it getting shot into his eye by the way natasha is a really good shot what the hell did we need clint for (laughs) you know what i can't argue with that it's a really good point shot that in an eye which she couldn't see because it was just so bright there was so much glowy light around him on a motorcycle in the air one shot (laughs) clint is not the best archer out there yeah okay i'm glad we're on the same page about the virus arrow because i'm like where did this come from when how what Yeah, that is ridiculous, but it's cool. And the women were the ones who saved the day, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I don't give a shit about the technicalities. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just want everybody to remember this moment. I have a feeling for this... this particular instance. Uh huh. I have a feeling this will be important in the future, and I will be referencing this moment. <laughs> don't forget, I edit. You don't edit my brain, Missy. So once he is uh, uploaded, Zola takes over Ultron's body and programming. Yeah, they have the most boring fight ever between the two of them. I mean, in one division, when we had Hex Vision and White Vision, at least they had a philosophical discussion. Well, to be fair to this episode, Zola is a Nazi, so any philosophical discussion he has with anybody is just going to be bullshit anyway. So I'd rather not hear one. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But yeah, most boring fight ever. You know, I couldn't help but notice that Thor did not need the concept of a virus explained to him. And I think that's because he's had his fair share of them. <laughs> I think he was definitely keeping the healers on Asgard busy in that regard. Perhaps. I wonder what the symptoms of Asgardian gonorrhea are. Moving on. <laughs> So Ultron is defeated here with Zola taking over the body. And to no one's surprise, Killmonger betrays the rest of the team. Yeah. And again, to no one's surprise, Zola wasn't willing to give up his power. Yes. Now, Amy has confessed during this series that she has never liked Peter Quill. She, in fact, cannot stand Peter Quill and was very happy to see him working as a janitor at Dairy Queen. Uh, yeah, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. For me, I was thrilled with this scene to have more reason not to like Mr. Killmonger, as I have never cared for this character. I'm just not a fan of Michael B. Jordan. There's some people in this world, you know, actors in particular, people who are out there, you just see them, and you're like, I don't like your face. And yeah, he's one of those people for me. Yeah, you don't like Michael B. Jordan. I don't like Chris Pratt. Yeah. It's an unexplicable distaste for the person yes which is understandable i think killmonger in the black panther movies was an interesting character and as well as what they did with him in what if but i'm glad to see him go me too and i think we get a little foreshadowing here hydra never fucking dies mm -hmm. right in some form or the other yeah and i think we're gonna see that come back well if he comes back then killmonger comes back too not necessarily Zola, but Hydra. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, Hydra is one of those big bads in the comics and the movies that it's just so juicy, you can't not have them. Right. So as Killmonger and Zola are fighting for these stones, for this ultimate power, Strange realizes they were never meant to actually fix everything, just to separate the stones. Right. So he creates a pocket dimension and puts these two fighting babies in it. <laughs> they look like a snow globe at the end. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And Strange takes a hit for the team here, and he's willing to essentially babysit these two for all of eternity to protect the multiverse. Yeah, I mean, prior to that, he was stuck alone in his own universe. In this case, he has a little bit of entertainment. Yeah. If nothing else, he can just shake them up. <laughs> get some sparks flying. <laughs> and we get a nice wrap up here. 
the Watcher sending everybody back to the exact moment they left their universe. Right. But hasn't Peggy earned her happy ending? Yeah. Uh. At that point, yes, you feel bad. And it's a callback to Endgame for Steve. But later on, we realized that the Watcher had a plan after all. I didn't look at it that way, actually. I didn't think of that. Well, okay, maybe uh, plan would be the wrong word, but he knew what was going to happen. Right, right. Yeah, I didn't think of that. What I thought of is it's always women who make greater sacrifices in life, Mm -hmm. who don't get what they want so often and put the needs of others ahead, whereas Peggy doesn't go back here. It's clear that she could have because Natasha makes a different choice. She could have but chose not to because Captain Carter was needed elsewhere. But Steve did make the choice to go back. Yeah. And you could also say that perhaps if we hadn't got that post credit scene, it's undeniable that Peggy is needed in this universe till we reach the stage of Endgame, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then maybe she would have made that choice. Maybe. I hope she would have. Mm-hmm. And as I said, we have... Natasha here controlling her own destiny. I'm not walking through that door. Right. But here's the thing. Did the Watcher intend to send her back to her universe where she was all alone? Or he had intended to send her to the murder mystery universe in the first place? Damn it. Now you're taking me back to Kang. (sighs) (laughs) I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I will say this, though. I'm glad he sent her back to that one because Black Widow slow-mo kicking Loki in the head in the air was fucking awesome. Yes, this version of Natasha is a hundred times more of a badass than she ever was in any other universe. I just wish she could have said, who's a mule equipped now, you little bitch? Who? Who? (laughs) So after that, we get our mid credit scene where Natasha is leading Peggy to a container where they have found the Hydra Stomper. And there's an interesting tease that someone is still inside. So do you think they left it ambiguous because you don't think it's Steve? I think they left it ambiguous to give the writers an option to do something if they need to and not bring Steve back. That's a good point. But... From a logical perspective, Steve wasn't the healthiest person and he had gone through a few knocks in the first episode. We saw that. Mm -hmm. How would he still be alive? If they can pull virus arrow out of their asses, they can make Steve alive somehow. It would be quite an interesting story if they do that, because the reason why we have Steve in the modern era is because he was frozen and it's the super soldier serum that saved him. Say that three times fast. (laughs) but in this scenario he doesn't have the super soldier serum unless he did get it somewhere Mm -hmm. could be what if he's the new winter soldier interesting idea Mm -hmm. we shall see but we don't know when we have no idea when any kind of season two for what if will be coming right but we do know a season two is coming yes and with the conclusion of season one of what if we madams are taking a season break. Indeed we are. So for the next few weeks, while my furry brood and my husband and I 
move cross country and settle into our new home in North Texas. We are going to be re-releasing our full series on Daredevil Season 1. Right. Aptly named Timeline Rewind. Yes, and we are doing this because Spider-Man No Way Home comes out December 23rd and Charlie Cox seems to put his foot in his mouth every time he opens it regarding this movie. Yeah, I was going to say something else, but foot in his mouth makes sense. (laughs) Yes, with every statement he makes... He is Pinocchio. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Yes. You can see the nose growing. (laughs) And the anxiety rising. Yes, he gets very squirmy. (laughs) So there is a legitimate strong possibility that Matthew Murdoch will be making an appearance in Spider-Man No Way Home. That and also we've recently heard some rumors of a show called Echo that could be bringing in all the original cast members from Daredevil. From what we know, there's probably like a soft reboot of their characters, but they're still the same characters and same actors. And we've got rumors about a possible Kingpin appearance on Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's time to get reacquainted with Daredevil people if it's been a while. Yes. And we will have new episodes beginning on November 8th with Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home. Now, we recorded those in August, everybody, so bear with us on those. We recorded those right before that insane fucking trailer came out. (laughs) Yeah, so if we seem a bit outdated, it's because it was outdated. Yes, but our live weekly coverage of Hawkeye will then begin on November 29th. Right. And we do promise we will get to Shang-Chi and the Eternals. Yes, when it's out on Disney Plus, because I can't go to a theater. Correct. So stick around. Season four for The Marvelous Madams is going to be an interesting ride with all the new shows and movies. And we have some new exciting stuff coming out just for you guys. Yes, lots of plans in the works. And I really mm-hmm. want to thank everybody who has stuck with us through our coverage of What If. If this turned out to be a very challenging show for us. Yeah, unexpectedly so. This was supposed to be the easy one. Yes, and for me specifically, these last two months have been incredibly fucking stressful. And all of you listening and engaging with us on our social media have really helped get me through this time. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. But while I'm moving... Amy will still be out and about on the Twitterverse. So if you want to share your thoughts on what if or anything else that's upcoming, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Marvel Madams. Yeah, come say hi. Please. I'll be very lonely without her. (laughs) As always, I'm Madam Amy. And I'm Madam Chris. Don't forget to check out our website, themarvelousmadams.com, where infinity stones are a girl's best friend. Oh my God, he's ruining every food. Amy, I made him like some chicken pasta thing. It had a bacon ranch sauce on it with cheese. Okay. I know. I know. That's bad enough, right? But he fucking loves it. 
First, he adds hot sauce to this. Okay, fine. It's just hot okay. sauce. You want to yeah. make it hot? That's fine. But then, Amy, he then proceeds to drown it in mango habanero sauce. I wanted to puke. <laughs> I'm like, how did I marry this? How? Is he pregnant? Ha 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 